It is Thursday, August 10th, 2023. This is another edition of Baseball Today. That is my man, Trevor Poop. I am Chris Rose, producer Dan along for the ride as well. Occasionally, when you take your show on the road like I have this week, um, not everything works to perfection. So today, I couldn't get my little earbuds to connect the right way. So I've got the old school, whoo, these are like woofers on my head right now, dude. Yeah, you look like you're listening to Avril Lavigne and about to give someone <laughs> your lunch money at school or something like that. You know what I'm saying? These are nice. Back in though. the 90s. Yeah, these are these are nice. They're comfortable. They're great on a plane, though, because you can't hear shit from anybody else. So Okay. Yeah, Whose are those? Nice. Michelle's? No, these are mine. They're, they're kind of ours. We share them. It depends okay. if one of us goes on a trip. Now, if we both go, then somebody's screwed. So, okay. you know, like Brady's got a pair with him in Japan and... We just kind of rotate them around. Use that BattleBots money and get you another pair. Get you uh, another. Me, I'm using that BattleBots money to like put kids <laughs> through school and stuff like that. That's what we're doing. Um, tip of the cap goes directly into our first topic. Uh, I would say Michael Lorenzen's first home start with the Philadelphia Phillies went pretty well. The three-two pitch. Swung on, popped up, shallow center field. Rojas sprinting in, he's under it. He has space, makes the catch, and Michael Lorenzen has thrown the 14th no-hitter in Philadelphia Phillies history. He is being mobbed by his teammates as the Phillies shut out the Nationals 7-0. I will get to our question about Michael Lorenzen momentarily, but... I, I saw, like, in the sixth inning, he had a no-hitter. And you know what the first thing I do is I always check the pitch count to see where a guy's at. Mm -hmm. And then, like, through seven, I want to say he was, like, at 93 pitches or something like that. I was like, God, there's no way they're going to let him go. No way if he's at this number. I was so happy Ron Thompson talked to him. was like, listen, I'm here. I have to protect you, but how you feel? And, of course, the answer is going to be, I feel great. And he let him go and throw a career high in pitches, blew way past his previous mark. And just to watch his mom and his wife and the little baby girl who's wearing a T-shirt that says, have a nice day on the back. That was great, great stuff. I always love the family reactions. It makes me, you know, gets me all in my feelings. Uh, they did a really good job there. And, you know, Topper's really good about that. If you look who's on the mound, it's Michael Lorenz, and this guy is absolutely jacked. He's built – this guy can throw 200 pitches, all right? He's fine. This is what he works for. And if you go around the league and you talk to guys, Michael Lorenzen's one of the guys that they point out is, you know, one of the better teammates in the league, just a really good guy. And like I mentioned, he works hard. Uh, so I, I love everything about this. Plus, he did it in the white vans and – I th I think it's cool. I don't I don't know if Vans is paying him yet. I think he might just do that on his own. But I think there might be a little Vans um little contract in place for him after this because those are going to the Hall of Fame, baby. So I uh I was watching this and I was uh, again I was with you on the pitch count, but then I realized like this guy's just a horse, dude. Like let let him go as long as it takes. And um, after the game, he gave the speech in the clubhouse, and you really thank J T. Romuto. Um, and I don't know if they're gonna make any massive you know, pitch uh, repertoire changes with him. But last night he threw the changeup as his secondary pitch uh, more than his slider. So that's something that he hasn't done uh, too often this year. Um, so, you know, Philly's got a workhorse, no doubt. But then he's gotten two really good outings. So I think the first one was eight innings, and this one yep. obviously went nine. Uh, he looks like a steal, man. So uh, that that's really the bigger question here is 
was the acquisition of Michael Lorenzen, at least in the baseball world, better than even anticipated? Well, yeah, nobody anticipated an eight innings pitch, and then a no I'm not talking the next about one. These first two starts, I'm, I'm talking about is he going to mean more to this franchise? Because I think when he got traded there, certainly my reaction was, okay, he's had a solid year in Detroit, but it's nothing that moves the needle. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah, but after the All-Star game, he started to turn it around a little bit, and his mm-hmm. numbers got a lot better. So I think that, um, you know, when maybe they brought him over as depth for their rotation – and a guy that's going to, you know, just give you a chance to win. Maybe they're thinking a little bit more highly of him now after these last two starts. And maybe they say, hey, yeah, we can change some things around with his sequencing and, and you know, what pitches he, he goes to in certain counts. I mean, that does matter. So if they could tap into something, that could be, like I said, one of the steals of the trade deadline. Looks like so far, right? Yeah, it, it didn't do much for me when it happened. I have to be honest with you. I mean, it was a month ago, a little bit over a month ago where I was saying Michael Lorenzen's going to the all-star game. Like, yeah, I know we all said that. Well, not I everybody. think he even said that. <laughs> yeah. Sure. To a degree. He did say that he felt, and I, I just was like, come on. I mean, he's had a, an okay year. Like it wasn't great. He's still not a strikeout pitcher. And certainly in the first half, I think he had 66 strikeouts in nearly 90 innings of work. That means the ball's getting put in play an awful lot against him. And so that's why when they made the trade for him, I was like, okay, you know, they've got Wheeler, they've got Nola, they've got Taiwan Walker, Suarez, we'll see. You know, and he just felt like a guy that maybe could fill some role if they get to the playoffs. But maybe he'll get a start now. Who knows? I mean, they have, as I look at their stat page right now, Christopher Sanchez, Suarez, Walker, and Wheeler are all in the threes with their ERA. Nola's the only guy in the fours. Then you add Lorenzen into the folds. So you got a, you got six guys that you can rely on to take the pill. Yeah, It's a nice feeling to have. Uh, two quick things before we move on from the Phillies. Nick Castellanos, congratulations. 200 career homers. That was awesome. Um, but I thought the most amazing thing was Weston Wilson. He was a guy that has played parts of eight seasons in the minor leagues. His first major league at bat wasn't a cheapie. It wasn't a cheapie. It went yard. And then the reaction of his family. I mean, it looked like there were 20 family members there. And after the no-hitter happened, I don't know if that's his wife. I didn't hear on the broadcast or just his significant other. I don't – I apologize if it's – you know, whatever. But just to look at the two of them sharing that moment while all this great stuff was happening with Michael Lorenzen – I kind of focused in on the two of them. And I got like a little emotional because guys don't sit around the minors for eight years. So I actually got to meet him this offseason. Oh. As uh, I was talking to Cole Tuck about continuing to play, I hooked him up with a hitting coach out here, this guy named Brad Boy, who works with a lot of the big leaguers in the L.A. area, an uh, old friend of mine. And we were, we were going into the cage during a really wet, LA winter we were uh founding ourselves inside a lot at this facility out here and uh him and coach suck worked together uh this offseason with my guy Brad so I was in there a couple different times watching him hit this guy's strong as heck and his swing was locked in during the offseason uh, I was asking like, what, like what's up with this guy and I was talking to him and yeah, I was surprised to hear that he had been kind of just toiling around the minor leagues for a while because everything was working right for him. And, and it is the cage and everything's controlled, but 
he looked like a big leaguer, and mm-hmm. now him and Kotuk are up. So kind of a cool story. So shout out Brad Boyer, by the way, for getting these guys to the show, man. That was fun. All right, let's move on. National League wildcard will be jammed up the rest of the way, kind of like one of our freeways in Los Angeles. Unlike driving in Los Angeles, which is a pain in the ass, this is going to be a lot of fun for baseball fans. So Philly holds the top spot in the wild card. Then there's another half dozen teams that have realistic shots all the way down to the San Diego Padres. Who do you feel best about and who do you feel the worst about? Wow. Okay. Um, I, I, I feel best about the Phillies, but I guess we just talked about them. Same. So here. I don't want to. Yeah, I really, I really do. I really like this Phillies team. I feel like they're getting their, their magical moments in that every world series team has during the year. Like they have them. Uh, but I think it's the giants and we don't really talk about the giants hmm. a lot because they're kind of, a, to me, they're kind of an enigma. Like, I, I wonder how they continue just to win ball games. They're rolling out like essentially like a two-man pitching staff, like a three-man pitching staff at times, and then just piecing it together, piggybacking, openers, all this different stuff. Uh, but they're getting the job done. I believe Fangraphs has them as a 77% chance to make the playoffs or something like that, much higher than anybody else besides the Phillies uh, of the teams that you mentioned. And if you kind of like look up and down the lineup, people early in the year were saying, hey, man, go look at Patrick Bailey. Go look at Casey Smith. These guys have come up and they've done the job and they've, they've really bolstered our team and everyone's really athletic. Well, Casey Smith just got sent out to the minor leagues. So like they're they're just figuring out ways to win. You know, like they're they're converting on defense. They have timely hitting. They're figuring the pitching out. It's it's it kind of seems like a master class in how to use a roster to be honest with you. And usually I don't give a lot of credit to managers. You know that. And Gabe, yes, Gabe is my buddy, but I really feel like him and the coaching staff there have just kind of figured out, you know, what to do. And and obviously they've had some really, you know, good performances this year from, from Cobb and Webb. But again, like the, the starting staff is like non, non non-existent almost. It's, it's very impressive what they've done. I mean, I'll just say the Phillies, they're in this discussion because in a week's time, we have seen teams go from a comfortable feeling of at least the second place wild card to not holding a wild card spot. So it can happen like that. So it's not like I don't think we can all say, well, Philly can't be a part of this discussion because they've already punched their ticket. No, that hasn't happened. Sure. But I just I think I feel like they're the most complete team. Um, in fact, I would say that they're the third best team in the National League. Right. It goes Atlanta, L.A. And then I would put them. I just. I put them ahead of the Brewers. Uh, I would definitely put them ahead of the Marlins and the Reds and the Giants and the Diamondbacks and the Padres. So there you go. And I, I think Philly's a scary team. Yeah. I better mention Wilmer Flores because Giants fans don't like when you You're forget right. to mention Wilmer Flores. He's been great for them this That's year. So Really dependable pro, man. Good player. <laughs> he can play a lot of different places. Wait, hold uh, on one second. Hold on one second. Hold yeah. on one second. What was I just going to ask? I had something for you with Philly. Huh. Bullpen? That's always No, fun. who did you who did you have in the World Series this year? Uh I had the Padres and the Blue Jays, I believe. So that's still a chance. Sure. Still a chance. Still yeah, a chance. Absolutely. I, I think I had Phillies over the Yankees. Well the way the Yankees fans talk, it's like the season's over, but like well, maybe. Maybe. It uh, it was really interesting what Juan Soto said. I think it was after last night's game in Seattle where they continued to not hit. He said, we have guys that are basically given up, like field defeated. We got to get our shit together. And it's not, like yeah. that's, 
that's that's not a young team. Like that's a veteran team. Let's see what you got. Let's sack it up, boys. Come yeah. on, it's August. So what? Uh, very quickly, let's pick the team we're we're most worried about. And for me, it's the Arizona Diamondbacks. They yeah. are five and seventeen since the break. Uh, five and eighteen after they lost last night. Uh, Merrill Kelly had to leave early. I think it was just a cramp. Uh, OPS has been sub seven hundred since the beginning of July, and I think it's down to sub six hundred in the mo- early month of August. So I'm worried. I didn't think they did. You know, I know they got Seawald, who obviously gave up a pretty big homer recently in Arizona. Uh, I didn't think they did enough with the starting rotation. And at this rate, I think I'd be surprised if they finish above 500. And I hate to say that because I really like Tori Lovello. I mean, yeah, they've lost eight straight. And, you know, I, I guess I could put them up there. I'm kind of worried about the Reds. I mean, there was, there was just so much hype around them. And we always talked about, look, it's a lot of young guys on that team. to For them to continue to do what they've done offensively is going to be tough. I think it's taken a step back. And then the pitching staff is just they're not healthy. And it's not there great. yet not for great. me. So. I, I want them to do well because that was so we fun when they were on that run. Uh, I, I'm worried about them a little bit. Uh, the difference between them and the Reds is the Reds do have some additions coming, right? Lodolo yep. and Green. Yep. We'll see if they get, those guys got to come back and be dogs. Yeah, they. Yeah, you're 100 percent right. Hey, uh, you know, Bally Sports is the home of local baseball coverage, right? It's how the Brewers fans watch their Brew Crew. It's how the Tigers fans watch their team in Detroit. Marlins fans watch their team in Miami, and so on and so on. Now, new pitch clock rules, it's changed the game for the better. There's less downtime. There's more action. We get to see more athleticism. There's a faster pace. We as baseball fans almost universally give it the thumbs up, which is awesome. There's just one teeny tiny problem with the pitch clock. There's no time to drink those big old tall boys anymore. So shorter games call for shorter beers. And with these shorter games, Valley Sports is having what's called a short boy summer. Bally Sports has created Short Boys. It's 8.4-ounce can of delicious baseball beer. So it's crisp. It's refreshing. Mmm. The can's stubby, but it's substantial and only available in select markets. So shorter games, shorter beers. It's time for your Short Boys summer. Watch shorter games on Bally Sports and streaming on the Bally Sports app today. Yankees are on the... Hold on, hold on. What? Do you remember Damn Daniel? Like, Damn Daniel, back at it again with the white pants. You don't remember that? No, sorry. Someone in the chat just wrote that because Lorenzen was wearing. But you don't remember Damn Daniel? I never put two and two together until, um, who is this? Uh, Mooch in the chat. Oh, my gosh. That's really good. Go After, after the show, go watch Damn Daniel. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, gang. But this is why we love people when they join us in the amp, in our amp yeah. app because you can contribute to this. We'll give you props whenever you – and then after the show is done on the podcast and the YouTube side of things, we chop it up for a half hour with our audience, which is great. <laughs> there, it is. Oh, there you Dude, go. Do it. Come on, bro. All right, go ahead. Go ahead, Dan. Let it rip. Dan, Daniel. Dan, Daniel. Dan, Daniel. Dan, Daniel. Back at it again with the white man. <laughs> All right. That's it. Good call. <laughs> very, very good call, Mooch. Nice. 
Uh, Yankees lost on the <laughs> south side yet again. Maybe the most interesting part of that game was uh, the story surrounding Keenan Middleton. We all know what happened with him. Traded by the White Sox to the Yankees at the deadline. Then he came out and told Jesse Rogers of ESPN that his old team, the White Sox, they didn't know how to run a clubhouse. You know, no accountability. Caused a big brouhaha. Well, when he came in and pitched, his name was nowhere to be found on any scoreboard. You know how they show the diamond up on the big board and who's playing where defensively? They left the pitcher's mound blank. You okay with this? Or does it seem kind of petty? Here's the quote from the White Sox. The omission was not intentional, but resulted because of duplicate players listed under one uniform number on MLB's downloadable Yankees roster. And they go on to say it's happened from time to time. Because I guess computers don't know how to, you know, put a guy's name up there. I don't know. I mean, they said they deny it, so I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt there. Uh, it's kind of fishy, I would say. The one thing I do want to go back on the Keenan Middleton thing is Rick Hans mentioned how it was ironic that um, Keenan was the guy to say this since just a few weeks ago he came and apologized to him for being unprofessional. Right. What I would say to Rick Hahn is that's pretty professional when you have take ownership of a mistake that you make. That's a great point. So I find it ironic that you're using that example of someone actually taking ownership and being professional as something that's unprofessional, Rick. How about that? So I don't know about this thing last night. It's kind of silly. I don't think it's that big of a deal. And maybe it is just a glitch. Uh, But I'm the White Sox are a, a disaster, a disaster. This season cannot end fast enough for that team on the south side. Uh, yes, I, I am familiar with computers doubling up because I use a computer program for my NFL games to prep. And at this time of year, because there's so many guys on the team, they often have duplicate uniforms. Okay, so there's two guys wearing number 48 on the Browns, for example. If I put one of their numbers in on, as I'm prepping, only one guy shows up. And the other guy doesn't show up, so we have to make him number jersey number 48.1 or something, which obviously you can't do on a you know on a major league scoreboard in baseball. So I, I understand it from that side of that sounds way too weird though. Way too coincidental that the dude who just took a flamethrower to your franchise is the one whose name we didn't notice. Huh. Now we have another person in our AMP chat saying Middleton's mom said that Keenan's kids weren't allowed in the daycare yesterday. I got uh, no way to confirm that. I mean, I don't know. Uh, Chai Bellelli, let me know where you found that. We'll check it out. Well, but he's a visiting player. Do they have visiting player rooms? For, okay, they yeah, do. You, typically, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Something else to look at. If that is true... That's some serious bullshit. I'd have to go and seize the policies. Maybe he was trying to drop them off like, hey, we we were just here playing for your team. Can we drop the kids off in the playroom? These are a bunch of his friends. Can you do that? And most of the time, guess what they're going to say? Sure. Yeah. Well, what would you do if you were the White Sox? Let's say that let's say it played out that way. And and once again, we are we don't know what happened. And we so we're not going to say. Yeah, it happened this way or didn't happen that way. But what would you have done if you were the White Sox and the little Middletons wanted to play with their friends? That's their kids, dude. You take care of kids. Thank you. Thank you. The kids have nothing to do with what dad could you, said. Could you imagine holding a grudge that bad if that's the case? 
Once again, we have no idea what happened. We're going to have to read into the story. It's just something that's floating out there. Woo! Let's move on to something else. Shohei did it again. Giants pitched great. Kept the Angels at least moderately alive. Uh, really interesting discussion that Dwayne Kuyper, Mike Kruko, one of the best broadcasting teams around. They have been together for decades. They do a phenomenal job. I know that both those guys are have been fighting health issues the last several years, and so they're they're not on the road together nearly as much as they used to be. They were there when Barry Bonds was doing his thing 20 years ago as well. And so with Otani being such a big part of the Angels last night, pitching and hitting, this discussion came up with Kruk. We've, for the longest time, felt that 73 home runs in a season. And, I, and Bonds got walked. <laughs> I, I forget, but over 100 times intentionally. And he still put up 73. I think Otani has a chance of breaking that record. Now, my ears perked up when I heard that. Do you do you agree with him? I mean, if there are, if you're going to list guys that have a chance to hit 73, Otani's at the top of the list. Him, it's him and Judge, basically. I don't I don't know who else you you'd really even put in the category. Like Stanton could be there, but it's he'd have to play. You know, you got to play 162 to really do this. Um, it it's. It's Shohei Otani. I guess that's my feeling is uh, every single day we're writing something that's he's never he's done something that's never been done before. Well, guess what's never been done before? 74 homers. So like it wouldn't pu- I-, I wouldn't put it past Shohei Otani to be able to come close to that, put these runs together because he does have ridiculous pop. Now it depends kind of where he goes because they mentioned, you know, Bonds did get walked so many different times right. intentionally. And I think we haven't seen that with Otani yet, but if he was on some sort of crazy pace like that, maybe we would. Uh, but he definitely has the pop to do it. I I think it's a I think it's a possibility. I don't want to put like a high percentage on it because that's just so many home runs, Chris. So many. Yeah. Uh, but he has he has the strength and the just the hitting ability to do it. So it's there. Do you think he could do it? In a year where he also pitches, I, I I I don't know if he could. I think he could, yeah. Dude, wow. he's got a he's Chris. He's he's one dotting it right now, one point zero seven six, and he's been pitching. He's got forty guess, homers right now. I know, but do you know how how far that is? We're talking about another thirty four home runs he would have to hit from this point forward. Shohei is a guy that like he has forty right now. It's August tenth. Like he could get to sixty. Like he could hit him in bunches like that. Dude, so, I'm still I'm with you, but do you understand how much more 73 I, is? It 60 would be ridiculous. Uh, it would be one of the greatest seasons, maybe arguably the greatest season in sports history, not baseball history, in sports history. So then you're talking about adding another 14 after that. Let's let's see what his home run um totals have been through the months. Because you know, to do that, you have to average over 12 homers a month right well his july was certifiably insane so 12 homers a month he's done it only once and it was in june that was 15 so he had 7 8 15 9 he's only hit one in august so far he's honestly not too far off the pace like but within those first four months so 
It's a lot. And I'm not saying it's probable that's going to happen, but if you're talking about guys that can actually accomplish it, it's, I think it's him and judge. I maybe, maybe Alonzo, but I don't think so. I think it's, I think it's judging in him and it might actually only be him. No judge can do it too. I don't want to take that away from him. Uh, I think that judge has a better chance. You think That's, so? Yeah, I do. I do. I just, I think it's too much to ask Shohei Otani to pitch and to hit 74 home runs. I just don't, I mean, first of all, the number 73. How well do you remember the home run chase of 98? Uh, Fairly well. I was 12 years old. It was huh. a big, a big moment in my life. I mean, I've talked about it on this show before. It's, it was, it, it took the nation by storm. It totally. transcended baseball. It was a whole different thing. And I mean, I remember it fairly well. Yeah. I, I had a chance to go to a couple of games where McGuire visited Cleveland that year. We were visiting my parents at the time and the electricity. Now Cleveland, our team was awesome. But when he came that day, it was incredible when he stepped up to the plate and we didn't have the same magic when Bonds was doing it a couple of years later, just because it had been done a few previous years and whatever. But listen, I hope somebody threatens it one day. I love it when we get to those numbers. I, I root for it to yeah. happen and I would love to see Shohei do his thing. So there you go. Uh, today's episode, baseball today sponsored by our friends over at Shady Rays. We still want you to take on the sun with gear that is built to last our friends at Shady Rays, they have you covered with premium polarized shades at a very affordable price. How affordable? There's a brand new offer out there. Now you can get 30% off the custom Jimmy and Jake collab shades with the code JM30. I just saw both pair of shades up there when we were doing floorball this past weekend. They are fresh. They are cool. I was like, can I get a pair? They're like, yeah, you can get 30% off. Just use the code JM30. So Shady Rays offers a world-class product. Just as good as any expensive pair ever worn. They got the durable frames. They got the crystal clear optics. And they got the most insane protection in the history of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses backed by lost and broken replacements, which means if you lose them or you break them on day one, you call up, you don't complain. You don't have to give them excuses. They just say, no problem, Mr. Rose. We got your address on file. We'll be sending them out immediately. And when you say, well, don't you want to hear my sob story? No, they want to make those tears go away. You'll get a new pair of shades quickly. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Head on over to ShadyRays.com. Use the code today for 50% off two-plus pair of polarized shades. And you can get 30% off the limited edition Jimmy and Jake collab shades with code JM30. You might not be Jimmy and Jake, but you can look as cool as them with the code JM30. Before we get out of here for the day on the podcast and the YouTube side of things, I think a first for anybody that's been watching baseball for decades at Fenway Park. Uh, ball hit the light and stuck at the board. And, I mean, the look on Yoshida's face is like, where the hell did this thing go? And sure enough, it's stuck in one of the big red lights. Be careful sticking your hand in there. I don't want you getting cut up or anything. So the bigger question is, Green Monster, overrated or underrated? You can only pick one. Uh, it's rated pretty high. I'll, I'll I'll go with underrated. I love it. I, I love Fenway. Whenever anyone asks me what my favorite place to play was on the road, I, I say Fenway. 
there's just something about it. It looks so different. Obviously, the history is still there. Um, you, you realize like how many people have walked down that tunnel when you when you go from the clubhouse to the 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 dugout. The dugout's just a piece of crap. It's so little. I it's, love it. Like you gotta like you're with the boys there. Like it's you don't even need to sit down. You can't. You can't even see. Um, I love everything about Fenway. I, I wish more places had like kind of unique stuff i don't like cookie cutter ballparks i i want different stuff i want to have to go into a ballpark and learn how to play the terrain i I just i like it so i'm i'm a big fan of it um you know you never know if the ball's gonna hit a a ladder break through a light there might be a guy poking his head out through the scoreboard might hit him i i think it's awesome so i'm a big fan underrated me too have you signed the inside of the wall i have i have too and it's it's pretty neat. It, it, just peering out through the little slits they've got in the wall uh, is pretty damn special. It's just fantastic. And uh, I don't know. I, I had a chance to try and field some balls off the monster one time. It's crazy. I mean, it, it was, for me, just a lifelong dream to do something like that. Yeah, that's great. It's We great. had the uh, – I'll talk about the rest on the amp on the amp portion. Yeah. So, hey, go get the amp. Yes, please Go get do. the amp. What is, who am I? That sounds Just like a download amp. man. <laughs> Just download amp. We don't have to throw the in front of it. Uh, we're back at it again on Friday. So if you want to join us live, we think it'll be right around noon Eastern, yes. uh, 9 a.m. Pacific. And so that'll do it. For our one-of-a-kind producer, Dan Rourke, the uber-talented Trevor Plouffe, I am Chris Rose. We will see you Friday on Baseball Today.